Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Green. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome, everyone. This is Awake in the Dream Radio, and it is October 30th, 2012. I am Dr. Dream, and our co-host this evening is... Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. Hello, everybody. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Dream? I'm doing great. How's everything been? Well, you've been with me, so uh, it's been, um, had had a, a wonderful week in Yosemite, and uh, now we're home, and uh, just very excited to have Eve with us tonight, because uh, we met her in Asheville, and I went over to her table and saw this incredible book that she's written, um, and I just, I just can't wait to ask her a bunch of questions about it, because it's really in the territory that I like to bring and shed a lot of light to, and she's just got some incredible information. Um, what about you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I do have, um, you know, we're, we've got some concerns about um, our our population on the East Coast and everything that's that's gone on there in the last uh, in the last 24 hours. So here's what I thought we would do: is just take a moment here at the beginning of this broadcast and. Um, Really uh, take this moment, settle in, find our breath, um, close our eyes, and really focus our love energy, which incorporates everything. It incorporates our healing energy. It incorporates, you know, all the change that can come from one person and be um, spread out to the universe. And so... Uh, what I'm what I'm inviting us all to do here for just a moment is to close our eyes, find our breath, focus our love energy, and let's start it in like New York City and spreading across the East Coast and coming west, and then let's just see our love energy spreading around the entire the entire globe, and so uh, just focus that healing energy and really holding people all the people that are affected by the storm and and just in in the the bigger picture all the people that that are inhabiting this planet with us and just sending out love and healing energy just really important for us to do we get barraged with so much fear related um energetics about everything that happens on the planet that um even without realizing it we can be owning it it can be um affecting our perspective which then affects the energy that 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 we emanate um and that energy is felt on on some level by the entire collective 
Yes, Laura? and that's why it's so important that, you know, we have focused intention that we really um, just stay in our hearts and just keep our frequency high and just remember that it's all about our energy. It's all about, you know, what we choose to align with and that it, it's such a powerful force. And, you know, when we're not in fear and we can align ourselves, we can be in the right place at the right time. We can listen to the messages that we need in order to protect ourselves. So I just encourage everybody to hold that truth and to share that with loved ones that may be having a challenging time, to just really breathe and find one's inner peace so that they can navigate these challenges with more clarity. It's just really important. Awesome. I love it. All right. Well, that um, that feels awfully good. And we, as you mentioned, uh, spent last week in um, up at Yosemite, and um, it was incredible. We didn't have a broadcast last week, which um, I, I actually missed. It's been two weeks since we had since we had a broadcast. And so um, let's not hold back now. I'm so excited about tonight's guest and everything. Laura, would you introduce her for us? Yes, I'm very excited to introduce Eve Lorgan. And the show is called Love Affairs, the Supernatural and Energy Vampirism. Eve Lorgan is an author, hypnotherapist, and 20-year researcher in anomalous trauma and alien abductions. She began her pioneering work with alien abductees while earning her master's degree in counseling psychology in 1992. She also holds a BS in biochemistry and worked in the biotechnology industry for seven years. Eve started a support group in 1994 in San Diego County, California, for experiencers of anomalous trauma and continues to consult with anomalous trauma clients worldwide today while living in Western North Carolina. She was a close associate of the late Barbara Bartholik and was inspired by the Dr. Carla Turner. Eve authored The Love Bite, Alien Interference of Human Love Relationships, and is a contributing author to all three volumes of Universal Seduction by Angelico Tapestra. Her new book, The Dark Side of Cupid, Love Affairs, the Supernatural, and Energy Vampirism, was released August of 2012. Eve Lorgan has written numerous articles internationally on the alien abduction phenomenon in magazines such as X-Times, Nexus, Jar Mufon Journal, Enigma's Unknown Magazine, Independent E-Zines, newsletters, blogs, and websites. Many of her articles have been printed in English, Italian. Anyway, there's so much more to share. She's she's also a poet. She's just multifaceted, and I got the wonderful opportunity to meet her and have just been excited to invite her on the show ever since. So I'm so happy to welcome to our show Eve Lorgan. Hello, Eve. Thank you so much for being here. Oops. My mistake. Here we go. <laughs> Eve, are you with us? Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Now we oh, can. good. Well, it's, it's good to be here this evening, and I'm so glad to meet you, too. And actually, I'm really glad that I actually met you guys in person when you were in Asheville at the Star Knowledge Conference. So it was really nice to do that. And um, I'm actually very eager to, to speak with both of you because I know you both know a lot, and, and Laura has been through a lot. So I think we'll have fun tonight. Um, I'll probably primarily focus on my new book, but I may jump around depending on really where we want to go with this. Um, most of my research actually originated with um, interest in UFOs, ETs, alien abductions, and then it kind of spread out from there more into anomalous trauma and what I call kind of like the related phenomena that happens with people who've had either alien visitations all their life or um, sometimes mind control, sometimes the what I call the MILAB experience or the military abductions 
mind control, spiritual warfare, shamanism, um, psychic attacks, and, and really how to deal with that. But really the focus of the latest book that I wrote is more about anomalous relationship interference, where there was some kind of uh, very strong psychic connection between the two lovers that was influenced by a paranormal factor. And it's very similar to what I call the alien love bite, which was really my first book, which was about how alien abductees, people who've had visitations by ETs all their life, realize that many of their love relationships were literally set up for them by their alien handlers actually from childhood. So this book basically takes that a step further, and instead of focusing on the alien abduction angle, I decided to put the, the more of the focus on how to recognize if a relationship is being influenced by a paranormal factor or an entity, and it could be um, not necessarily aliens. It could be a, a number of different kinds of entities, and really to be able to recognize if there is an element of energy vampirism, how can you tell if that's happening? So um, that's what the book is about, and, and mostly about how you can heal from that, recognize it, and take a proactive approach so that you don't have to be uh, victimized by these kinds of things because they can be quite traumatic. No so. doubt. Now, now, Eve, before we get into all the details and all the the specifics, um, I would like to just kind of get a little bit of background on you. I mean, you've found yourself in an awfully interesting, um, you know, focused area of what you're working on and what your books are about and everything. What type of childhood and and uh, early experiences leads to to where you are now? Well, that's a good question. And, of course, intuition would probably say that um, I had a childhood where I experienced alien visitations, paranormal activity, and unusual surveillance um, because my father worked for Lockheed and had a secret type of clearance. I don't know exactly what it was, but actually he had an interest in UFOs actually when I was a child and a teenager. So I, I got interest in this from an early age as well as having experiences. But it really wasn't until probably when Bud Hopkins' first book came out, which was, I think, the early 80s, late 70s, I don't even know what year it was, that I started to realize that I had had alien abductions throughout my life and they were disguised through dreams and different things. So that actually started a more intense self-inquiry on my own experiences and my family and eventually led me to explore more and more spirituality as well until I ended up changing my career from a biochemist to a, uh, actually, counselor. So I was motivated because of what I felt was an unmet need in the mental health community that there was many people having anomalous experiences and they were not being addressed, they were being misdiagnosed, and I was compelled to actually get my master's in counseling psychology because of what I learned with the alien abductions and, and the mind control because uh, there's a lot of that also involved and there is a connection there, which I call the, the Milab experience. Right. So, and of course, I'd have to admit that before I wrote my first book, The Love Bite, um, I had a support group with many alien abductees, some Milabs, some satanic ritual abuse survivors. 
But during that time, um, I had experienced what you know the alien love bite, and at the time, I had no idea what was happening until we discovered, with correspondence with Carla Turner and Barbara Bartolik, what the deeper elements of alien manipulation really was in terms of how they mess with our emotions, sometimes our spirituality and our love relationships. So it, it was pretty much a, a very hard wake-up call for me because it was a very painful, difficult experience. And I was, I mean, I can't even, it's hard to describe the impact of this kind of experience. And I usually don't talk about it publicly, but all I could say is that it was so powerful and profound that it threw me on the edge of a, of a near-death experience. Like a, It was almost like a shamanic initiation. So these kinds of emotions can throw you, you know, over the edge, but it could also put you into a transcendental mode of being where you get a greater understanding of what's happening. And that's what happened to me, even though maybe it doesn't seem like it, and the way I explain it, the way I talked about it in my book. So I guess that's all I'm going to say about my personal experiences because I, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't feel comfortable talking too much about my own personal experiences, just to say that they have happened to me and I'm very familiar with it. And I could relate to when people are telling me these things, I have a I have an insight in, you know, what's happening. So tell me a little bit about Alien Love Bite and what your, uh, how, how you can describe or articulate, you know, what, you know, couples go through and what we go through personally without realizing it and how it can really disrupt our natural heart, our natural ability to just, you know, really just get along and create beautiful relationships? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. Um, it was discovered through the lens of working with people who knew themselves to have had alien encounters, visitations, abductions, whatever you want to call it, throughout their life. So it was those people who became aware, and some, several of them had had hypnotic regressions from different people. In my book, I have several cases where they were investigated by different therapists and then also those who came and shared them with me. So the basic gist is, let's say you have had alien encounters throughout your life because it usually starts in childhood, and it could be the alien greys or you know, the mantis beings, the Nordic beings, the reptilians. It could be really any kind of alien being, but most of the ones described were the alien greys or the Nordics or the reptilians or the mantis beings. So these people would have recollections from childhood of being put together with another partner, another child, around the same age that they were uh, several times throughout their life in these uh, scenarios, sometimes onboard craft, or sometimes it was a less distinct in terms of onboard an alien craft. Sometimes their recollections were... Um, as if they just had vivid dreams of having met with another person that they felt connected with, they played together, they bonded together. And then when it would happen later in life, let's say their teen years or their 20s, then they would have um, sexual relations or deeper connections and bondings, except most of the time they would forget until later in life, then they would meet the person. And sometimes they would have a precognitive foreshadowing that they were going to meet, like, the one, like, their soulmate. And they may get one of these beamed messages from the aliens or a dream of, let's say, seeing the person's face in their mind, you know, flashing in their mind. Or they may have a dream where it was like a, a mutual abduction kind of scenario where they saw the person and then they later, later met them someplace 
And then when they met them, it was like deja vu. You know, the physical chemistry, the psychic connection was really strong. And and then it could have starts like a love obsession with one partner or both partners. And so in some cases, both partners remembered distinctly, you know, the connections and the bondings that they had together. And so that was discussed really in the first books to basically establish that, yes, this does happen, and the aliens have done this and seem to have put these people together throughout their life for the express purpose of them meeting later in life to have some kind of love connection. Of course, the hypothesis would be, right, that they, oh, they would put them together maybe to have children because they wanted to do the genetic bloodline study and take their kids, you know, and do some kind of study that way. In some cases that happened, but in many of the cases, if not most, the people didn't necessarily get married or have children together. So, you know, the question remains, well, then why were the aliens doing this if it wasn't some kind of genetic you know, purpose for putting together, then what purpose was it? And so, of course, in the book I describe, you know, the things that would happen and how, you know, these people maybe be married to other partners and they would have this, like, love obsession with someone else and it would be, you know, falling in love with somebody else and they were married to another partner and created all this drama and chaos and then one person was switched off. And, and so a whole series of, it's like, being buffeted around on a drama that they couldn't control or they couldn't consummate the relationship. So there was a lot of high emotional tension was like a signature of one of these alien love bite connections. And like wow. a lot of times one, one partner was like switched off, leaving the other one pining away in unrequited love. Or um, another characteristic was during the drama of the love obsession where let's say they were connecting together they had strong feelings and the telepathic and psychic connection is really strong between these people. I mean, to the point of having mutually shared dreams and they both could recollect the same dream together. Um, I mean, it's really incredible. So those so, kinds of things would happen. This is this, go is, ahead. this is wild stuff, Eve. Tell oh, yeah. me, <laughs> so, so if it's not across the board um, to... Um, combine the the genetics of the of the couple. What what are you all thinking is is the reason for this, and um, and and give us some some stories of some actual you know people that this has happened to and and how they feel about it. Okay, um, well, it's a multifaceted question, and this is mostly what it was in the first book, The Love Bite. And let's say, well, I described four main reasons why I thought, quote, these alien ETs, whoever these beings are, and they could be hiding behind the ET mask. So I always leave that um, caveat in there because I don't want to necessarily assume it's what people are perceiving because sometimes people's memories and perceptions can be manipulated, which we've discovered later, you know, through alien abduction research. So... One of the reasons, of course, is the genetic bloodline study. If the people had children, then they wanted to connect them together because they had both genetic profiles that were good for the bloodline, whoever, if it was a hybrid child or whatever combination they wanted to do. That's one obvious reason, if they had children or if they're actually making the woman pregnant and then taking the fetus out anyway. And that happens. That happens a lot. Okay, and so another reason... And this is something that happened with people who've had the, what I call the MILAB experience. 
where they were taken by military and sometimes aliens, or the military and aliens appeared to be working together in some of these black projects where the MILAB person seems to be used as an operative or Manchurian candidate in high alien technology situations or a multi-dimensional platform or time travel or a number of unusual um, high technology sophisticated stuff. So let's say there was actually a woman in the in the first book who was a MILAB and she was set up with um, several partners, one of which was for the purpose of amplifying her kundalini psychic energy, which would be amplified during one of these love bite liaisons with either her partner or, this is, this is pretty complex, I know I'm jumping in here, but mm-hmm. her just, let's just say her sexual energy and kundalini prana chi, whatever you want to call it, is amplified for the purpose of amplifying her psychic abilities so that then she could be taken and used on um, psychic remote viewing ops, black ops, or different things that that she was able to do in this high-energy state. And this high-energy state is somewhat similar to what tantric sexual uh, yoga can do, except it's under the control of their, quote, controllers and handlers. So that was another reason, and that's something that I interviewed many people who definitely said, yes, that that's the case. You know, they, they do this in, in a lot of the Milab stuff, and sometimes... It's not necessarily aliens put him together, but that they either have the technology to to do this to two people, to connect them together so that they have a strong sexual energy that they then somehow channel and use for um, heightened abilities. So that was another reason. Um, another reason was many times when someone was set up in what I call a love-bite relationship, Let's say they were a female abductee. This is very common. A female abductee, sometimes a milab, but sometimes not, would be on the quest for learning about her experiences on the healing path, on the healing and awareness path. And then in the midst of that healing and awareness process, she gets hit over the head with a love bite with like a, a partner who just enters her life and it throws her off base. And then that partner could sow a lot of chaos and disruption in her life. Sometimes the partner is deliberately manipulated and controlled through mind control to be like a controlling handler kind of situation. And that happened with many of the Milab kind of people, both male and female. So in this case, the reason would be to neutralize or disrupt someone through throwing someone into their lives that would just throw in a lot of confusion and discord and control and then throw them off their healing path, basically. Mm. Wow, and, this is really um, giving me the goosebumps. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, yeah. It's hitting close to a lot that I've gone through. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm trying to remember the fourth reason, and um, it's in my book. Like, I should remember these things. But there was four basic reasons why. And, of course, the energy vampirism, I suppose. I don't know if I mentioned that. The energy vampirism is the other main reason, which I felt is really the key uh, reason behind the aliens, which I consider malevolent aliens, that they're um, they're not just studying us, okay? You know, we get beyond the point of science here. This is harvesting. This is, you know, this is they're taking something from us that they want to use for their own good, and they're taking the direct highest form of energy that they can from us because we are useful to them because of the energy we can produce for them, our soul energy, our sexual energy. 
And that, I believe, is true. The, the more common reason, because of the emotional highs and crashing lows and the evidence of what I call psychic and emotional vampirism in these kinds of relationships. So and that's actually what I talk about more in the second book, which I decided to refine it to, you know, how can I present this to people who, let's say, they're not involved in alien abduction research or conspiracy, but they're having these, like, rude relationships and they've, they've never had one like this before. Like, what the hell happened? And I wrote this so that people could, you know, clearly, oh, recognize, well, I had something like that. I didn't know what it was. And then to be able to say, oh, well, that's what it was. It was a, a, t- a kind of energy vampirism, and it, and it was a paranormally influenced relationship. So, But in reality, with the second book, I would say that it was actually 58% of the people reported to me that they believed to have had at least one alien visitation in their life, if not more. And several of them were people who've had the, what, the Milab experience, but also normal people quote what's normal right but people who even haven't had those kinds of histories reported these kinds of things to me based on what they saw on the internet and they they looked it up and said wow you know this kind of thing's happening to me and i just can't believe it i've never had this before i'm a positive person you know i haven't had trauma i what is this so that's why that's another reason why I wrote the book because it doesn't just happen to quote victims or milabs or abductees or you know so it can happen to many more people and I think it's much more widespread than you know the experiencer population so to speak right yeah I've had some experiences so. connected with this and um I feel I've you know really broken free of, you know, all these different forces trying to throw me off my path, you know, through setting people on my path. And, you know, but that's just my story. I'm I'm just wondering what your perspective is. How do you work with people or what can you recommend to, to individuals to help them decipher the difference between a, manipula- a manipulated relationship and one that's actually genuine and true and how to kind of get their seniority back to these beings who are, you know, kind of messing with their heads and hearts in very destructive ways. Yeah. Yeah, and that's an important question because that's what I wanted to do. I, I didn't want to present this in a way that it was, you know, fear-based and it's some kind of, you know, I'm not a paranormal researcher for the purpose of just showing the ooh and the ahs of the weird ghosty stuff and recording it. That's that's not my mode of working. My word mode of working is with people to help them um, in their lives with these kinds of issues so that they could nip it in the bud, you know, heal from it, resolve it, and then know the difference between something that's genuine and something that is like a set-up, man- manipulated relationship. And sometimes it's hard to tell unless you've had one, but the, it's clear, though, once you read the book and you can tell, and, and really the the telltale sign, in my view, is uh, what I call the... There's three factors in the dark side of Cupid, which I basically outlined three main features which identify, quote, a dark side of Cupid relationship. And the first factor is the supernatural and magical paranormal elements that surround um, either before you meet the lover connection or during the relationship. And that, the supernatural magical element, in and of itself doesn't denote like something negative because many people who've actually met soulmates and wonderful love have had supernatural and precognitive things and shared visions and dreams and all that. So uh, what really defined it was what I call the emotional highs, the crashing lows, 
um, the emotional draining or physical draining, uh, the sense that you're being buffeted around on a drama, that you, you can't consummate the relationship, um, or um, the emotional manipulation and psychopathology pa- factor of, of one of the partners. And that is revealed later in the book with some people who have more narcissistic, psychopathic tendencies, where I show, based on what people have seen, that one of the partners, their partner that was like an emotional vampire, was literally overshadowed by like an attached entity situation, or whether it was a reptilian or a demon or a spirit or a familiar spirit. And there was different kinds of spirits and things that people reported in the book. And luckily, uh, many of the people that had reported these things to me were already very intuitive, psychic individuals. So I kind of got a, I don't want to say a bird's eye view, but a a clairvoyant view of really what's happening when these dynamics manifest themselves. This is what's happening underneath. So there's, you know, something that happens that the five senses can see, and then if you use the six senses, then you could really see what's happening. So... To make a long story short, how could you tell, you know, okay, if this is my real soulmate or is this one of these contrived things? And um, all I could say, it's really hard to know unless it happens. But if it turns out crazy and impossible to consummate and, you know, the person is kind of manipulative or narcissistic or psychopathic or they're constantly being barraged by aliens, you know, it could be an alien love bite. So you just have to assess the situation. Um, based on what's presenting, so um, right. Like if, you're, if you have cases. right, like if somebody in the relationship, you know, is is an abductee or reports information maybe to the other about having encounters with aliens, that would be a red flag. Well, it would be a red flag if they know that they're interfering, and but it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is a psychic vampire because I've I've had cases where. Um, Actually, both were alien abductees, and they were put together as child, you know, in childhood. You know, and it didn't the relationship didn't work out, but it wasn't any fault of the partner per se. It was truly, you know, the aliens doing this, where they kind of were out of control with the situation. But if someone becomes aware and starts really working on let's say, emotional intelligence and spiritual practice and really starts empowering themselves, then you're more able to deal with that kind of manipulation and deflect it and then be able to nurture the connection if there is one there and to, to nurture it. So, hmm. uh, yeah, you have to be strong <laughs> and <Right>. aware. <laughs> now, Eve, I have a couple of uh, one comment and a couple of questions from the um, the chat room. Um one of our listeners who's on every week with us, uh, Arthur, says um, genetics are not limited to the 3D plane. Breeding can occur on many levels. So oh, he was yes. just bringing that up as, as an example of, you know, not the 3D breeding as we see it, but it may be happening differently. And then um, our dear friend, Michael Falzetta, who is always on uh, the broadcast with us, says, um, has the question, how can one tell the difference between the dark and light energies in these relationships? Oh, okay. Um, okay, well, I'm going um, to start with the um, Jans- Jansic, 
um, the genetics. The question about the genetics and the connections being not necessarily physical, because uh, I there was a specific case, and I think I put it in my second book. Although I've heard this from others, um, where they were put together. Actually, um, sometimes it's with an alien, but then sometimes it's with an interdimensional being. Where um, there's actually a case in my second book, and it was one of Barbara Bartholik's cases that she gave me back in 1999. Um, that I finally decided to put in the book because Barbara has passed away in November 2010. But this case was actually amazing and profound. I can't go into all the details, but the one thing that I do remember is that this woman who had had a major UFO abduction with different kind of entities got involved with uh, um, channeling and uh, automatic writing is what she was doing. And so through this spirit entity that she got involved with, she ended up having sexual relations with this entity who went on to tell her that um, that they were they made her pregnant and that she had some kind of child in the astral realm called a humunculus or something something strange like that, but that there was actually energetic uh, uh, products of those kinds of unions, and not only that but in in black magic and different kinds of rituals there can be um, certain kinds of sexual liaisons, let's say a woman is put together with a man who is deliberately uh, overshadowed or possessed by a certain kind of entity, and when she conceives that child, it is a special kind of child, like a moon child, and so those kind of things happen also. So there's a lot of occult kind of stuff that goes on with the energetic sexual unions that, you know, is still quite unknown to most people. So he's just going to have to read the book to, to get that case because it's a hardcore one, you know. Um, the other question, how to tell between the dark and the light? And this is, oh, my God, this is a good question because um, I was thrown through a loop when I went through this. And all I can say is that if, if energy vampirism occurs, then chances are the love connection between you and the other person is being manipulated so that someone else could, you know, basically tap into that power line and suck off the energy. But in my view, when those connections are made, they feel absolutely real, and you're you're so connected to the other person that you feel what they feel. Um, you could almost hear what they're thinking, and you feel a genuine love for them. And I don't think the love is necessarily false. I think the love is real because when we tap into our true core of who we are in our spiritual being and our heart essence, we are love. That's all that's what we really are. And so when we connect with someone else who is nothing but that too, it is love. The trouble is is that when the love connection is being manipulated by another source who's tapping into your power line and sucking the energy and then playing the two like puppets because there's some way that they're able to manipulate those two individuals or one individual depending on what the situation is. So you just have to live it. <laughs> so do you think that um, two people coming together that first start out, you know, maybe being manipulated or, you know, experiencing the energy vampirism or even being used for, you know, black ops can break free together and stay together? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm working with a couple now who they're they're staying together and they're working through it. And in their situation, it's very interesting. I can't say any names or anything, but it's because they're both aware, number one. 
And one of them is like a practicing shaman who's who's very clairvoyant and, and is very powerful in her own right to um, deflect as much as she can, but they're also, you know, praying together, doing a lot of things. But what's interesting in their case is that she doesn't necessarily think that it's the aliens that have been the ones responsible in her former love bite, because sometimes you can have many. When you're an abductee, the aliens can keep doing this several times. <laughs> so in her case, when she was set up with the man, the man was from a bloodline family where um, that bloodline, because there was a lot of abuse and unhealed wounds, there was a familiar spirit, a very powerful female, what do you call incubus spirit? Is that what they call it? Succubus spirit. Um, that was following along in that bloodline. And because of the unhealed wounds of this particular person and the, let's say, the curses of that bloodline and his generational bloodline uh, allowed that spirit to, you know, mess with not just them but their whole family. So things like that can happen that disrupt relationships as well. So So they're making it um, work, though, despite the disruption. Oh, that's good. Um, so do you find also that if it's not ancestral or something in the bloodline, that people, in a sense, carry around a sort of unintegrated um, energy that almost invites attack because they're not fully whole or awakened in their own being, and so therefore they're kind of fed off of? And then if that's yeah. the case, if we were to really work on creating greater harmony, better communication, and just really, really focusing in on how to improve the nature of the relationship that naturally it can start to um, send these sort of demonic energies on their way just through doing that inner work and committing to that? Oh, yes. I think the inner work is the most important part. And a big part of my book, like a whole third of my book, is the healing issues which are really important and how unhealed wounds, especially if there's a dissociation involved um, where there was a splitting from a really bad trauma, that could leave in windows of vulnerability where, you know, a spirit or an entity could could manipulate. So it's closing those holes, you know, and, and sealing those, you know, unintegrated parts and then working on really building the spiritual and emotional immune system, so to speak. But even with that, sometimes I come across people who they haven't been, you know, split or dissociated and they, they were hit over the head with one of these things because the partner that they were involved in in those cases were um, what I call the psychopathic... Um, you can call them demon-hosted, reptilian-hosted, entity-hosted partners, where um, when you run into one of these lethal type of partners, sometimes they, they target you on purpose because you're a light bearer or you know someone who's a very powerful person. You're a light bearer. You're telling the truth. You may be a whistleblower. And definitely there was cases like that in the book where one of the persons was a whistleblower and then he was set up with one of these people who threw him off off track so it wasn't necessarily because of unhealed wounds but even lack of knowledge that this could occur could be a vulnerability of how it happens because if you do run into the let's say the far end of the spectrum are the lethal psychopathic uh, demon overshadowed types of people and um, they work by deception and by manipulation they are expert at what they do so you have to remember that they work by deception so it's not like a natural victimology kind of thing. A lot of times we fall into this victimology thing that, oh, it's because what did I do wrong and what unhealed wounds do I have to keep attracting these partners kind of thing. And in reality, some 
people, they're just like wonderful people full of light, and they just get slammed. So that's I'm another so, reason why I yeah. wrote the book. Yeah, because I'm we don't so want to blame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just so incredible because you cover <clears throat> literally just so many different types of beings, so many different types of people, so many different scenarios, and, and just, you know, just how it can – just pick and choose so many uh, diverse types of, of people, and it's not just one thing. And it's very comforting to hear because I almost, you know, ended up on Mars, and I was lured, you know, by a partner, and it was all very much, it, it just, everything you're sharing is just ringing so true to my experience. And, um, you know, I came with a really powerful mission that I know they wanted to get in the way of. So it's just very confirming <clears throat> to um, my story, and I'm sure a lot of other people that scratch their heads wondering what the heck happened to their relationship and what is really going on. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, my question is, um, where where do you see this all going? I mean, where do you see the collective right now? Do you feel on a collective level there's been a major strengthening in the ability to really pull away from these beings? I mean, when you look sort of into the future, maybe the landscape, sort of the kaleidosco- uh, the panoramic view of just humanity um, and what's ahead of us, what what are your views about where we're at? Well, where we're at is we're playing out the drama. <laughs> we're playing out the drama of the war, in my view, um, because I've always been able to perceive this as a war, a kind of spiritual war. And when I recognized um, energy vampirism and soul vampirism for what it is, it kind of helped me regroup on how to strategize with this kind of thing and how to build your immune system so you could defend against it. And once we know how, we're less vulnerable to this kind of thing. So I see that in the future we won the war. Um, I see that 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 has already happened in the future, but that we have to be aware and know how to build our strength and share the awareness, and we can't keep these things secrets. I think the biggest... uh, obstacle to, quote, winning the war, I mean, we want to acknowledge that there's a war going on, is, is having to maintain secrecy of having these kinds of anomalous experiences, especially, you know, in the early days when people reported alien abductions or milabs, boy, they were ostracized, many of them were criticized by the media, some of them were harassed, some of them given death threats, some of them murdered, um, you know, extreme torture. I mean, some of these people gone through so much torture for telling the truth. And, you know, I I want to make it so that it's safe for them to tell the truth because holding in trauma, holding in secrets is a major vulnerability that keeps us weak and isolated. So we have to be able to create an environment of safety and compassion and openness so that these things can come to the light and be transmuted, you know. So we don't... I don't want to have to keep secrets, you know, and so many people criticize and say, oh, how do you have proof of that? That's so silly and crazy and stupid. Or, you know, more often than not, people who are true healers out there, they're they're getting attacked right and left on the front lines. They may not talk about it, but, you know, in the early days before I really knew how to psychically protect, and, and, you know, I'm not perfect, but, you know, after radio shows or after I worked with a certain client, I would get attacked or their their alien would come and visit me and, and warn me to stay away from them. And then I would have these, like, horrible dreams, and then all of a sudden this weird chaos would happen in my family and bad things would start happening around people or a whole number of things. And Barbara Bartholik had much more of this in her life than I did. Um, but it just showed me that there's definitely warfare to try to keep some things secret 
and then I just felt like there was a spin control in the UFO community to try to perceive things in a certain way instead of the whole ball of wax, you know? And one of the things that Barbie told me before she died is that, you know, I, I didn't know how to present this material. I thought, you know, this this sounds crazy, you know, but I know it's true and most people don't believe it. And she just says, you just have to lay down the whole ball of wax. Just lay it out on the table. And so that's what I did. You know, there's there's good, bad, and everything in between, and, and we need to talk about the bad as, as much as the good in order to really assess the entire situation. We can't compartmentalize it and think that there's not connections between things when there is. So I showed that in, in several of Barbara's cases that are in my book, which are like the hardcore cases of how she was able to connect um, classic UFO alien abduction with a change in um, like a love obsession, um, some kinds of channeled entities which were deceitful, which led to a kind of overshadowing or possession kind of situation. And she showed it clearly in three cases in, in my second book that there was a clear connection you know, between one and the other with the particular entities that did abduct and interact with those people that she shared cases with. So, you know, I wanted to say, you know, there is a connection here. I don't want to make it black and white and cast blame on every single person, but we have to show it for what it is and be able to tell the whole truth, no matter if it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I totally agree, Yay. Yeah. I'm getting so more I'm... MILAB reports these days, though. <clears throat> so go again? ahead. Yeah. So I'm getting more of the MILAB reports these days as if, there's more of an awareness of that happening now as opposed to, let's say, in the mid-'90s, people weren't really talking about it or acknowledging that it was real or that there was a connection between aliens and military. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. So now there's, there is many more reports of that where they're definitely reporting seeing aliens in their experiences and military or sometimes just military or there there seems to be a connection. So. At least that is starting to come to light. The the full reality, really, of what's happening is much more involved than we had ever imagined. And I think it's out of control, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. Um, I've got two questions from the the chat room for you, Eve. Um, The first one has to do with... um, uh, he they they ask about um, energy vampires and what's going on with the electromagnetic waves. So this person has noticed an increase in the past five years of the electromagnetic waves, um, and or an an increase in the um, I guess energy uh, vampirism, and then is relating it to the the EMF waves and the cell towers and everything. What um, is there any connection there? You know, I don't know if there's a connection with the ELF cell phone towers, but what I see is that there's an, I know it sounds bad, but it seems to be an increase in evil in the world. It's like coming to a head. It's like it's as if it's coming to a head because it needs to play itself out. So um, as more and more evil is in control in places of power, um, it kind of takes over some people, and then what happens to the people who get taken over by that evil is that they turn into a psychic and energy vampires. That's my personal theory. I'm sure some people would disagree. But from what I've been told with um, survivors who knew, let's say they were involved in bloodline fa- families where they were involved in satanic 
ritual abuse or they were victims or they were perpetrators that uh, when they signed over their soul to the dark side, whether or not they were in the entertainment industry or wherever they were, when they signed themselves over for fame or whatever, for the power, that they were disconnected from the divine source of their own soul and then instead had to, it was like their job was to be like psychic energy vampires for Satan, basically. And that's that's really Jeez. black and white, but basically... Nice resume. ...disconnected. <laughs> When you get disconnected from the divine source, it turns you into a, a friggin' vampire. So, I mean, mm. how are right. you going to feed off life, life force? If you're disconnected from it, you got you got to get it somewhere else. So, and we see this actually in um, on a much, much lesser scale, right? If we see this in people who are, let's say, emotional vampires, simple emotional vampires, one of the reasons behind that, in my view, is if you're disconnected from your own psychic energy or you have blocked emotions, unhealed wounds that are not being dealt with, then you will have not a much of an access to your own psychic energy and will want really need it from other people, be like really, really needy, and then generate all this drama kind of crap. So that's actually a, a small-scale view of if we're not truly deeply connected to our own source and have a lot of stuff in the way, we're going to need to get it from others more more so than we have to. Mm. So that's what happens, I think, in simple emotional vampires or people who have like borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, that kind of thing. But, of course, in my book, um, you know, there was probably some of that present, but I also dealt with some of the hard the hard-hitting paranormal stuff, which is above and beyond simple emotional vampirism, in my view, you know? Right. Okay. But that happens, now, too. Yeah. I have another question from the chat room, this one from Michael Falsetta, and I've got to believe that you met Michael from Philadelphia yeah, at the uh, Star Knowledge Conference. Good, uh-huh. good. So Michael's question is, what can be done to protect the spiritual loving relationship from invasion? Can organite, prayer, particular stones, etc. be used for protection? He goes on to say, I feel that we need to stay away from black onyx. Uh, gold fleck obsidian is known is a known reflector of negative forces. Oh. And that was it. Well, I mean, um, I'm experimenting with some orgone energy generators. Um, seems to be working, um, but I think the best, the best and purest way to protect against it is to have a, a pure connection to your divine soul and to work on clearing those unhealed wounds so that you have a more direct connection. And it's kind of you, you become more selfless and being attuned with the divine will, and then that seems to protect more. But not everybody is perfectly protected all the time. I mean, some good people can can get hit, you know. But I think working on the emotional intelligence, um, clearing those wounds, and building your energy field, like um, if you do yoga, tai chi, certain kinds of martial arts, qigong, um, those kinds of energy building will be helpful. And I think the organ, you know, to help build that as well, you know, the positive energy. And, And staying connected with others, like really making a dedicated, um, you know, that you're going to love and support one another, you know, make that a strong um, dedication, like with your partner or whoever you're with, that, you know, you make that dedication that no matter what happens, you're going to nurture the love connection because no one can ruin love. If you really have love, they can't ruin it. 
You know, the dark side can't stop you from loving somebody else. No matter how hard they try, they can't stop that. So I just say focus on love and support for each other, you know. Oh, that's a wonderful answer, and and really, I I also I just so resonate with that, and just you know, being honest is is so important because it's one thing to be the one that needs to constantly protect themselves. It's just really important for the one that feels weakened or feels the need to manipulate or energy or, you know, create drama to really recognize that pattern because it's so hard to be on the other end of it, and then you know, it just it kind of sets up a spiraling effect because then that person's drained and they want their energy back, and then there's yeah. you know, discord, and and then we see the micro and the macro, and what we see on the macro is playing out the very things that we need to learn the lessons from individually and in our relationships, and so just so thrilled, you know, all this is being covered, and oh, yeah. um, you know, actually Michael asked a question that was very similar, you know, to what I was going to ask. But, I mean, do you see this as a major targeting just on the Ascension timeline? I mean, of course it is, but on our Ascension timeline, on Sacred Union, on just the natural ability for us to transcend this 3D sort of holographic prison and to enter a new dimension, um, and that that's really, you know, in the larger picture, the, the, the name of the game for them? Well, I, I, I get the feeling, based on, you know, observation of, let's say, my experience and others, that... Um, that there's there's a dark side that wants to drag us down and pull us down with them because we're a source of energy for them and that they're, maybe they're afraid to lose us so that what they'll do is, let's say, certain high-resonating people, um, they'll get targeted with a, like a love bite person who has like a whole ton of like dark energy and then the, just the connection with that person just drags your energy down. So that could be like a disruption thing from, let's say, people who are on the edge of really becoming more liberated and more full of light in a way that they could affect others to liberate them. So that happens, although I I have become recently aware of um, how some of the ascension ideas are being manipulated and used as a deception by some beings. There's There's a case in my book about that, and others have reported to me that they think that some of the Ascension stuff could be a trap. So I, I just don't know about that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a student of Tibetan Buddhism and a lot of other things. And to me, what Ascension means is if, you know, you have a rainbow body and you've transcended physical reality while you're in the body, or sometimes at death. And that's a very rare, actually, to, have a, to be able to get a rainbow body. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean... Um, I think the frequencies are raising because people are becoming much more aware. I know that. And some people that I'm talking to are very aware already. They'll get waves of um, you know, of bliss and just feeling all this high energy coming in that's really wonderful and connected to the divine and just you know being blissed out. And then the next couple of days they get slammed with negative energy, like there's this yep. weird wave of like it going back and forth, you know. Yep. So there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, I totally get that one, my gosh. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people can identify with this when you just really feel like you're taking a step up and you're just feeling just that incredible, just everything. And then next thing you know, you're just yeah. you're thrown back down and somebody's sitting right at you and, and then, the and then week, you got to you know? sleep for a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I wish I had more more solutions to it. I just think it's an interesting journey being on the planet at this time because I think we're here for a reason. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this crazy stuff. I mean, you know, like, why would I write a book about aliens, you know, putting people together? I mean, it makes me look like a fool. I realize that. But <laughs> I was compelled to do it because I know it's true. So. 
Well, it's not a fool to us, that's for sure. Uh, incredible what you're doing. Um, yeah, I also think the ascension the ascension can be very manipulated. There's a lot of new age deceptions. There's a lot of, um, you know, false teachings. And I just really hope people can go more inward. And I just think your work is just such a good source of empowerment and uh, really recognizing what's going on um, sort of behind this veil or beneath both, beneath and Yeah, and I, behind. I just think it's fascinating, though, that to finally be able to perceive this um, like from from a sixth sense, so to speak, because so many of the people that I work with were, were natural psychics and clairvoyants that now, you know, this is kind of like an expanded view of a certain kinds of relationships like psychopathic people. Well, maybe, you know, what's really happening is these psychopathic people just aren't psychopathics with a weird brain thing going on. They're actually hosted by a non-human entity that's that's using them as a conduit for energy vampirism. And that when, when you could start seeing through the veils of, you know, the five senses and physical reality, you could start seeing the energetic uh, connections between people and how, how energy affects other people and the connections. And it's it's pretty amazing, really. <laughs> yeah. So, Eve, a couple of questions now that um, have come to the forefront for me. What um, – the people that find you – um and that you're helping now uh, how did they how did they first you know become aware of of what was going on and and you know how did all that work out that then they realized they needed the help of you who's so knowledgeable on this um this situation well sometimes they found me through my website and my first book Although before that, let's say before I wrote my book, um, you know, we just met through uh, the support group and some of the articles that I wrote, um, you know, because I was actually very inspired by Dr. Carla Turner because she talked about those kinds of things early on that resonated with many people who whose voices really were muffled in terms of their their experiences. Um, and in her book, Masquerade of Angels, you know, she talks about the Ted Rice case where he was, you know, set up with another woman in his teen years by the aliens who took him and the the girl. And, you know, he had a love obsession for many years, which, gosh, he didn't understand until many, many years later. So some of the people who had come to me had struggled for many years until they saw my website and they were they were relieved and they wanted to understand what happened. So now I guess it's because of my website and because of, maybe James Bartley or Barbara Bartholick or some of the people that I've worked with. So and some people struggled with it for years before even So, so now, um, just, just for clarity, because this goes back almost um, 40 minutes or 45 minutes, and I, I just want to get this straight. The people that are experiencing this, is it correct that across the board they've all had – extraterrestrial experiences or contact that they recall, or is that not the case? Um, I don't think all of them have had ET abductions. Only 58% in the book recalled that they had them. So I think right. it's, it's not really exclusive to the alien abductee population, that it includes many more people, and that they're just not aware of these things that happen beneath the veil of physical reality. So I wouldn't 
say that they're all abductees, that it could happen to anyone, although most of them were aware of that kind of thing. In fact, 100% of the people who reported in my book were people who were already interested in the truth-seeking community, whether or not it was paranormal, spirituality, uh, consciousness raising, or conspiracy circles. There are people who think outside the box, basically. So it was people who were more open-minded and really wanting to know the truth kind of people who reported it to me. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so how does the think... whole... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this kind of steers the conversation away, and I, wa- I just wanted you to finish your thoughts. So. I was just going to ask about that. Most people don't remember. I mean, in reality, like, okay, let me just give you an example. I've had several people come to me in the past year or so who... Their presenting symptom and reason why they contacted me was an unusual paranormally influenced relationship where it was like a love bite or the partner seemed to have an attached entity kind of situation and um, there was a very powerful psychic linking and the sexual chemistry was through the roof. They couldn't stop having dreams about them. They were being astrally attacked by the entity that was like overshadowing this partner that they dated. They didn't understand what happened. And and then as we investigated further, we discovered through several hyp- hypnotic sessions that um, they were indeed involved in more than what they had thought, that the, the paranormal relationship really was the tip of the iceberg, that they discovered later that they were involved in, let's say, a ritual abuse family, or they really did have alien visitations throughout their life and they didn't realize it. So I think that happens a lot. People just don't remember but right. not all the cases. I don't want to say all the cases. So, what, what, How would you explain, you know, how implants and things like tagging works and how that plays such a big role in abductions? Oh, yeah, it's a big role, all right. Um, I've been recently doing more research and correspondence with Dr. Corrado Malanga and his English-speaking colleague, Dorica Manu, and uh, his work in, deals with... Um, alien abductions, but his work is so unique because he goes into, um, let's say, the six levels of alien interference in our lives, one of which, of course, is um, the alien implants and the different things that they may put in our bodies or do to our bodies, um, and then how those implants affect us. But in his work, and also what I've noticed is that implants are not necessarily physical, that they may be a kind of energetic thing that's placed in the energy body and it acts right, as a yeah and it acts as like an object link that will link in their presence and their control or manipulation through our chakras or energy system and it somehow um links them into us so that they could parasite us in some way or manipulate or control or do whatever they need to do and there's different kinds of implants that they have different purposes, like you know, maybe the military implants, they may be for tracking and communication, and then there may be other implants in different places of our bodies that may have different purposes, like the ones that Dr. Lear and um, Daryl Sims had investigated, a lot of them were like in the toes of people, um, and then the, the lower shin, that was a common place for implants. Sometimes they're in the, the fingers and the hands, the genitals, behind the ears and the nose, um, in the brain, you know. So there's different places where they are and how they and affect so us. So if, 
And and do you, do you feel that people can neutralize them or deactivate them just through, you know, conscious awareness and raising their frequency, you know, beyond maybe what that implant is yeah. causing? Yes, I do. And, and that's one of the methods that I use that I've learned from Dr. Corrado Malanga. And there's three liberation techniques that we use. And it's kind of like a, a guided uh, visualization, mild hypnotic method with neuro-linguistic archetypal language. And it basically guides the person through um, being able to perceive their body, their energy body, with the power of their soul consciousness once they connect with it. And then using the power of their soul consciousness, they're able to um, delete or neutralize that implant once they're able to make that connection. And it seems to me, this is based on my experience and others, that awareness is a really, really big part of having the power to overcome this. Like um, we have to have a part of us that's aware of where the implant is, what it's doing, how it got there, who the aliens are, to remember a distinct part of the experience, to have the awareness in order to undo it. So even if you just try to do, let's say, a visualization of white light just like going through your body, that is not as effective as really coming to the awareness of being able to really perceive it there, knowing how it got there, who put it there, and why, and then accessing your soul component to eliminate that um, or neutralize that implant. So um, it's, it takes awareness. Awareness really helps heal. That gives you power. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that awareness plays a huge role in the, the question I'm about ready to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, what can people do if they think that there's maybe some manipulation or something going on, but they really don't know. Like maybe some people listening to this broadcast, uh, taking a look at their own relationships and saying, well, you know, gee, something's not right. I wonder if if this is related to what I'm experiencing in my relationship. What can people do to, you know, really tap into that and, and figure out, uh, you know, more of the true nature of what they're involved in? Um, well, that's a big part of what I wrote in my second book, like, um, you know, how you could recognize this, what are some, like, the red flags, for example, and then the strategies. I would have, like, a, a psychological strategy of compassionate communication skills is one method to um, deal with the emotional aspect and the communication aspect in relationships that help us get clear on what each other feels and needs and how to work with each other so that we get our needs met and we're able to communicate what that is. Um, that's like one level. And then there's other levels we can work with. We could work with um, like paranormal intervention strategies if we really think there's something present that's manipulating. Now you could start working with energy, with prayer and meditation or um, hypnotherapeutic methods like Dr. Malanga's method or there's other ones that I talk about in the book um, like Joe Slate, who's um, a, he wrote Psychic Vampires and many other books, and he's done a lot of research on psychic vampirism. He has like a seven-day clearing method that you can use that involves, you know, meditation and visualization, maybe working with stones and that kind of thing. So really you have to look at, I guess, the signs and symptoms and patterns and dynamics of the relationship before we jump to conclusions because, you know, you don't want to be blaming the partner that, you know, it's all their fault and um, really want to take responsibility for what we can do to help nurture the love connection and the communication and then eliminate what other, what could be there if there is something there. 
Right. It's so important that, you know, couples really commit to this and work together on clearing this because it's such a great gift to us all, really, because every time, you know, each individual or couple or relationship or just family units just get over some of this stuff, I mean, it benefits everybody. It, it transforms our planet, and this is why I'm so passionate about this subject. And um, so I'm so excited to read your book, and I just, you know, what – what can you share about your new book and how it, you know, sort of ties into the previous books and sort of what the new focus is? I know you mentioned a bit before, but is there anything that you um, haven't had a chance to talk about yet from your new book? Well, yeah. Um, I guess where I'm going with a lot of this, although I focus most on the relationship thing because I feel like um, love is the most sacred thing that we can have and nurture, so that's like one of the most important things to me. Although in my um, counseling psychology experience, I specialized in marriage and family and communication, so relationship dynamics was like a big part of you know what I'm really interested in. But putting that aside, um, the the alien abduction angle and the energy vampirism angle in terms of soul vampirism. Um, in order to deal with that more deeply, I became involved with Dr. Corrado Malanga's research and started using some of those methods to work with people who are having more of the uh, MILAB and the alien abduction interference on different levels, including relationship interference. So um, one of the things that I thought was interesting, and this is just, uh, I still call it research because I can't say it's a fact, but uh, in some of the work that I did with myself and with others with Malanga's methods where we worked on eliminating certain kinds of implants and what I call the alien parasites, which is a whole other theory that most people, they they don't even know what that is. And I wrote um, several articles and interviews on my website. Um, I interviewed a Scandinavian Milab female named Marit, who was an extraordinarily aware psychic person. Um, I mean, I classify her as a saint, to be honest with you. And she became aware of all these things in her life, including a relationship manipulation. And and she described to me many things that was happening with the Milab experience. And so we did some sessions with her and then did the before and after interview. But um, so she learned how to access her soul component and, and reconnect with parts of herself that were separated and disconnected through trauma and programming and alien implants so that she could, you know, tap into her power and eliminate that issue and and her family. So that was a really wonderful thing because what we discovered, too, that alien interference can happen on many different levels, including, like, the love bite thing when you have a connection with someone. It's it's extremely powerful. I don't know if you've ever felt it, but it's it's so palpable that it's like, your kundalini gets activated and you're totally telepathically linked with somebody else, basically. So what we found is that when we removed some of the implants or didn't really remove them, we neutralized them and connected with the soul and kept doing clearings, that the love bite connection would be like, whoop, they would just disappear. It would be like you were linked in with this person one day and kept feeling them. Then after you did the clearing, it's like you just didn't feel them anymore. And then, then I knew that when we do these methods, we could literally neutralize some of the implants responsible for creating these connections between people on subtle energy levels. So that, to me, was like a really powerful kind of discovery that we can have methods to help eliminate some of this interference. And it wasn't 100% all the time. 
sometimes it kept coming back and and it wasn't always a physical alien abduction that re reenacted the connection between two love bite pairs uh sometimes i think it was an astral linking kind of situation that went on so things happen on subtle energy levels that we're still trying to understand but it is very real and um i think there's methods we could deal with this so that's especially positive. if we talk about it especially if we yeah. talk about it yeah and i think that one of the things that I mentioned in the book is that, gosh, you know, one of the hardest things is that you got to keep these things to yourself. Like, how are you going to explain this when, let's say you have a memory, you're an abductee, and, you know, you remember, like, some weird dream where it was like a an abduction-type dream or a mutually shared dream, and you met someone else on that dream who's also an abductee. They may be across the country or across the world or, you know, in the neighborhood, uh, and you remember being set up with them, and then all of a sudden you 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 have feelings for them, and you're like psychically linked into them. And what's hard is like telling the truth about what you're really experiencing, and it's trying to reality test like in a support group situation, for example. This is what we did: is we started sharing with each other, you know, what kind of dreams were we were having, and we discovered we were having a lot of these mutually shared dreams where several of us would each be in the dream and then remember the dream. So we knew that our minds or somehow or we were all being abducted together and we were able to share and then reality test, wait, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Well, this is how I remembered it. Well, that's interesting. So being able to be open enough to actually share what, you know, these dreams are or what your experiences are and to feel safe sharing because you really can't reality test unless you share with someone else and they could say, yeah, I remember that too. So... Unfortunately, we get a lot of one-sided reports because more often than not, one partner is not really very aware and the other one is. And then the one who is aware is the one who's reporting it to me. So, see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here just um, toward, the end of, uh, toward the end of our broadcast here, um, this question I think is appropriate. You have been doing this for for quite a while. Um, no doubt you've helped lots and lots of people. Give us um, just kind of flow through some scenarios of what has happened with people that have been in these particular situations. You said that some have stayed together, some obviously haven't. But just give us some just an idea of the you know real life um, how it's played out. Well, in real life, most people don't remember the full extent unless they're a very aware person. But um, let's see. Well, in one, one case in the book, um, she remembers uh, she met a man online through a forum discussion group kind of thing, and I'm not sure what spawned their memory together. Actually, he remembered her, and um, he was actually looking for this woman all his life because he dreamed about her when they were children, and he knew he was going to meet her later in life through some kind of machine, which, of course, he realized later was the Internet. And then he did meet her on this list group and remembered the dream, and then when he told her the dream, you know, it flashed her memory that she did remember that same dream, and then they had all these, you know, synchronicities and connections and psychic linking, and, you know, it it makes you feel like, you know, this is divinely arranged soulmate situation. So they finally met, and... They kind of had a passionate thing, a love affair happened, but then they didn't really continue the relationship. It was like a crashing low, and it you know, wasn't really 
didn't work out. It was just a love bite. But this person ended up having other love bites as well, where she was taken on board with two other men. Um, and it was one of those kind of situations where she was actually on the beach, and they saw a blinding, like, flashing light in the distance. And then it was just like, oh, well, that's all they saw. But then when she came home later, she had a flashback of an entire abduction scenario that happened in the blink of an eye because they could expand time and then zip you back like so that you think all you saw was a light in the sky, but you really had an experience. And what she remembered is, you know, being put together on a craft with two of the men that she was with, who were researchers, by the way, but I can't mention names, but um, she was allowed to be conscious or that, or maybe she was just more lucid in the dream, so to speak. And then she talked to the aliens who were present, and the aliens who were uh, responsible for that particular abduction were what she called the tall whites. What was interesting is around the time that uh, she had the experience was when Charles Hall was out talking about the tall whites being this this benevolent race, but in her experience, the tall whites were basically you know, telling her that they were going to put her together with, I think it was both of the men that she was taken with. And they went on to describe, you know, that they do this because they think the energy is a delicacy and that sometimes they, they're able to tell if, if a love bite, quote, connection between two people would be more favorable if they saw, they literally can perceive energy tendrils linking out two people so that the more energy tendrils you have, linking out to someone, the more of a past life connection you would have with someone. So they're able to tell through past life connections with people whether or not they would be a good candidate for for linking. And so they actually, the the tall white alien told her all this during the abduction, that they, you know, were going to put her together with this person and that ultimately they didn't really know how something would turn out, like in one of these connections, if it would, like, stick, you know. But it was more likely to happen if they had past life connections. So anyway, she remembered this experience, but the two men did not remember a thing. To this day, they don't remember, and they claim that no such thing happened. But this is a typical thing, you know, if you're aware, you can (laughs) perceive a lot more. And so anyway, that was a love bite that didn't work in that situation, but she ended up getting some kind of a tumor in her uh, female organs that was as big as a baseball and had to have it removed after that experience. And then the one of the corresponding males in the abduction ended up getting cancer in his genital organs. So it was just kind of strange how that happened afterwards. So I don't know if I'm getting off base. <laughs> with the no, no, no. Was. It's all really interesting. And yeah. I, I know it's right out of your book, but it just gives us, you know, a little more to go on of, of you know, the just, you know, like, on the front line, what's happening with people and and everything like that? Um, yeah, but you know, some people. I mean, I have to. Like we asked earlier, like how can you tell if it's you know a real soulmate connection or if it's something being manipulated? And what I found is, if someone is naturally psychic and aware and empathic, they may be able to connect in with other people that makes it feel like a love bite but it's just because they're so psychic they could link into the energy field of someone else. It doesn't mean that, you know, that's a manipulation. So just wanted to put that out there because there's some people who are naturally, you know, empathic and psychic and can connect that way because that's just how they are. But it doesn't mean they're going to be manipulative and all that, you know. I got you. 
And so, uh, Lord, do you have another question before we um, have Eve give us all her points of contact and and anything else that she needs to share? Well, I just wanted to, you know, just say just how important, you know, integrity is and just committing to that within yourself because then you come across really well to others. You know, it just creates just a more beautiful environment and it just allows a lot of that trauma to not come up in disturbing ways and allows, you know, just more tranquil, tranquil communication. So I just think this has just been a real eye-opener for people to understand where they can change their dynamics, where they can really connect deeper with their higher self and really take huge steps in, in their healing process. And so yeah. I just absolutely want to thank you so much, Eve. I just can't tell you how much I admire your work and you. And ever since I met you, I was just like, okay, we're going to talk. I'm going to get her on the show. I don't even think we had started up the show again, but, like, you were in my thoughts. And um, I just so appreciate all the information, even though I'm just sharing just a small aspect of it and what I just am walking away with is being just such an important thing for people to take with them. But, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I just want to hand it back to you if you have anything else to share, and I just want to share my gratitude and um, hope to see you very soon. Well, good. Um, I could just give you my website. Um, it's evelorgan.com, and um, I have many different articles, uh, actually a lot of articles from, like, 1997. So um, there's a, most of them are in the MILAB category. So I, I would suggest people, like, reading those MILAB interviews because they go more into depth with um, Dr. Malanga's methods and also, you know, the Love Bite material and how that happens and how that that's actually part and parcel of some of the alien abduction experience although not all of them may report that but um those methods are useful towards you know how to connect with your soul and to be more empowered so that's important to me i suppose um one could go directly on amazon if you wanted to you know check out my book from amazon and also Richard Dolan's um, website, keyholepublishing.com. There's also information on my book on his website. So, Eve, are both of your books available on Amazon? Um, yeah, both of them are available on Amazon. Um, Is that I the best place them. for people to purchase them? Yeah, I think so, Amazon. And you can get the um, the Dark Side of Cuba through Barnes & Noble also. Actually, you probably can get the other one through Barnes & Noble also. But Amazon is really the easiest way to, to get it, and also through Keyhole Publishing, the second book. So got information okay. there, and I've got a Facebook page. It's, um, yeah, Eve Lorgan. I have a Dark Side of Cupid page. And then my personal page is Evie Lorgan. So. Now, Eve, tell us... Um what what do you have coming up? I know that you speak all over the place and and you're you're quite public and and out there with what you do. Um, I also know we're here toward the end of the year, so our schedules get a little strange this time of year. But what do you have coming up? Um, well, a possible thing this Sunday locally. Um, I have to check with someone, and then some um, invites possible. It's not set in stone for um, two more conferences, but I don't want to say until it's set in stone. Um, so um, I'm not going to say yet because I don't know for sure. So I'm hoping that I'll get some venues in California and some other places on the West Coast or maybe the East Coast too. So well, I'm kind of starting out. Mo- mostly radio shows for now. So. Well, Eve, by all you- means, keep in touch with us um, and anything we can do to help you out here in uh, in Southern California, we'd love to do that. Oh, good. Well, I, I'm from Southern California, actually. Well, originally the Bay Area, and then 
too bad I didn't meet you when you were there, when I was there, rather. So. Oh, uh, quick question. Do you take um, people f- internationally from all over the world? Do you do it over the phone? Do people need to come to you in person? How do you go about working with clients? Oh, most of the time it's through um, Internet and telephone, like Skype and telephone, and it's people all over the world and the U.S. And I haven't done any local support groups here since I moved to North Carolina. I just kind of wanted to keep my own privacy um, so I have a lot of healing paths myself, you know. So I, I prefer my privacy and to work over the phone or in Skype. And if I know the person, I'll meet them first and then I'll work with them. But basically mostly over the phone because it's easier, you know, on Skype. Absolutely. So. Wonderful. Well, yeah. Eve, thank sure you so much for um, taking the time to be our guest on um, Awaken the Dream Radio. It has been Absolutely fascinating. I highly recommend that people go to your website and go um, to Amazon and pick up both books. Um, and you're just um, a gem of a guest. And thank you so well, much. Thank you. Well, thanks for asking great questions. And thank your um, questioners who are sitting in. And um, I'll just thank you. <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you, Eve. All and please, please keep in touch with us, dear. I will. Okay. All right. Wow, that was uh, that was excellent. I really, really loved this information, and um, I, I like that it really had um, aspects of not just having to do with what she refers to as the love bite and the alien extraterrestrial stuff. Um, you know, the the things that she was talking about to. Um, really raise the the vibration and the frequency and everything um, is something for all of us, you know, and that's um, that was great. I know I really really enjoyed it because it's 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 bringing out the dark, but it's also just bringing in the solutions and empowering the light and just what we're capable of because. You know, this is something that we're all up against as individuals. It's something that we're up against in relationships, and it's something that we're up against in the collective. And, you know, our planetary bodies dealing with this type of thing, too. And it, it's, it's all about our unity right now. And each one of us has to commit to just the higher road, just the, the, the higher approach, just, the, 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 just the, the better part of our nature to, to step forward and to take over because that's the first step is to walk in that foundation and then from there, everything falls into place to be on the road of healing, really. That's it, for sure. So I want to, we've got just a couple of minutes here before we close out. Um, I really want to talk about our event that's coming up on 11-11. That is November 11th. It's Sunday here in Ventura, California, right outside of Los Angeles. So, you know, anyone from anywhere um, should be looking into this, but certainly anyone from San Francisco down to, to San Diego. And I'm just going to put this out there. We don't have a lot of tickets left. So what we did today was we put an offer out on um, our Facebook pages of a discount um, just to sell out the the last of the tickets because um, we're really set on, on having a full uh, capacity for this. And so um, please take a look at uh, our Facebook pages, mine or Laura's. Um, find the uh, Facebook offer of a discount on the November 11th. We're going to be together for um, over six hours, like six and a half hours. It includes lunch. Um, Our dear friend Shama is doing uh, movement and breath, 
and um, then Laura's speaking. Uh, well, Laura, what are you speaking about? I'm speaking about Gaia Sophia and the Awakening of Human Consciousness, or I think just the Awakening of Consciousness, and it's really going to cover just everything, um, so, and it's going to be an experience. It's really going to just bring people into the experience. So. That's awesome. You picked a light subject for this one. That's good. Just <laughs> but it still covers everything because it's all about alchemy to me. I, I can't just stick with the light and fluffies. I'm going to go deep, as I always do, but um, it's definitely um, you're going to be empowering. It's going to be you just moving towards just, you know, all all the wonders that are in front of us and that we're capable of really um embodying just, you know, in our own divine nature. So it's 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 both, but it's the merging of both and that's what's most important right now in our own nature and on the planet. And the awesome. uh, most especially the balance of the masculine and feminine. And then we'll also be doing talking about the masculine and feminine, we'll be doing the latest iteration of our Inner Divines presentation, which is about the integration and nurturing and fostering of the Inner Divine Masculine and Inner Divine Feminine. And then we'll be doing our 155th Universal Love Galactivation in 98 cities around the world in the last 34 and a half months. And so... This is really a big deal, and we're going to be doing all of this in a gallery space in the um, shadow, if you will, or really I should say in the light of Jillian Nye's amazing artwork. And so it's really a very full event, a really nice time to, to visit Ventura, and um, probably only be 60 people there, and so it's a really good, intimate opportunity for us all to hang out and expand our consciousness uh, together. Plus, we'll be tapping into the billion people breathing as one, breathing together around the world. Um, and for more information on all of this, go to touroflove.com, and um, you'll find the link to the page that has the information in the schedule. And um, we have a really incredible guest next week, but we're just waiting on the final confirmation. We should be posting um, this tomorrow on Facebook, but um, this is going to be a big one, folks. So uh, pay attention to our next announcement. And as always, thank you so much for being here. And Laura Eisenhower, thank you for your energy and all your love and support and everything you bring to my life and this show. Well, thank you so much, and good night, everybody. Thank you for the, all the same stuff, of course, Dr. Dream, and thank you, audience, for tuning in tonight, and we look forward to uh, just being here next week. Bless you. Good night. Thank you.